Gold Golden Radio. This is RPPR, episode 56. At least, uh, but the railroad runs on time. The railroading runs on time. Well, I Ross, did you yeah. just The railroading's out, on time. Did you just put out a Mussolini joke there? Yeah, that was a reference to that. Uh, this episode, we're going to be talking about timing and uh, running a game on time, which apparently is a problem for many people out there, so we're going to try and help you uh, diagnose this problem and uh, deal with it. Because uh, that's what we do. We were, yeah, when shit gets real, we deal with it. We're boosters. Yeah, we put on sunglasses, deal with it, and walk away from explosions. With the song playing. With the, you know, the Exactly. Playing. And then, yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, we here at RPPR, we still, you know, doing all kinds of great stuff for you. Uh, I hope you guys liked our little April Fool's joke on the actual uh, play. It was an actual game, but it was, we were all intentionally being assholes in case you weren't wondering. And the thing is, I still wonder how that happened. Um, yeah. Because no one planned to do that. It wasn't, we didn't sit down like, okay. No, we, no, we, we kind of did when Aaron was late running the game. No, well, we, what I mean is up. we didn't actually go, okay, hey guys, when Aaron gets here, let's make, let's just be the biggest bunch of assholes we could possibly we that never came out not, well not directly but I, I think it was kind of implied that was the impression i got i mean when we were making youth pastors you know social workers named mcbain and mormons turn scientologists, scientologists yeah we're kind of like we're gonna be assholes so uh that's the haunting on call cthulhu uh on the actual play podcast so if you want to hear the worst <laughs> us being assholes to a player uh, to a guy who's never run Call hey, of Duty Aaron was before. grateful for that. Yeah, so uh, we kind of broke him in for... Because it realized uh, probably, hey, no matter what you get at Gen Con, it's probably not going to be as bad as that. Yeah, because these people traveled and paid money to play this game. So uh, hopefully they're all not going to be sociopathic you know, jerks like us. Uh, we broke the douchebag meter, uh, one of the com- com- commenters said. So that was great. Um, also in news, Zombies of the World, uh, uh, pre-order now. Buy the book! Yeah, pre-order it now and get a free poster. Uh, PDF when I release that. Uh, probably release the PDF at the end of the Please, month for the this pre-order. This is all Ross has. Yes. Um... But uh, if you're an international customer, there's a, now an option for pre-ordering for international customers because we actually had had several, uh, we've had several international pre-orders so far. So, uh, so it's now just Ross Payton, for... internationally renowned <laughs> yeah. writer. Um, now I've also started writing blog posts on Zombies of the World to talk about how I came about came up with Zombies of the World, how I shot the web series, sort of the behind the scenes look of how it yeah. came to be. I'll be so, writing some other some stuff. Myself. Yeah, we're also going to be doing blog posts set in the Zombies of the World universe. So Tom's going to be writing advice columns as written by a New England ghoul. Uh, aka Lovecraftian ghoul, you know, a uh, so mm-hmm. that will be something just new to this whole internet, yes. Thing. So, uh, this will be fun for him, fun for us. Uh, so keep it, keep an eye on that. Um, also, uh, in RPPR news, I'm setting up a role playing public radio mirror on archive.org. If you don't know what, do you know what archive.org is? I've heard is? of it, yeah. Okay, uh, for those of you who haven't listened, I was kind of hoping you would say that so I could, you could, you know, do that whole annoying thing. Okay, well, here, wait, Ross. I am not sure I have heard of this. Perhaps you could explain to me, and thus, in in reality, to our listeners, what this is. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. You uh, are welcome. You, you silly fool. How can you not have heard of Archive.org? Because I, I am a terrible human being. <laughs> uh, archive.org is a nonprofit organization that tries to archive as much public domain material and Creative Commons material uh, in the internet. Uh, if, you ever, if you've heard the Wayback Machine, it's uh, uh, basically trying to catalog every single web page it can so that you can see what uh, web pages look like, you know, 10 years ago or even like close to 20 years now. Um, and 
so they have what they call the community audio archives where anyone can upload audio files and uh, put it under a Creative Commons license. Now, technically, RPPR has always been under a Creative Commons license because I use PodSafe music. And uh, in order to do that, you have to then license the whole thing as Creative Commons. I've never. So, what, you don't use Linkin Park or anything for. No, because that they're, they have big record have, labels you, that and, sue and, people. And yeah. you have standards. Well, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't use Linkin Park because I'm not crawling in my skin. We don't crawl in our skin here. It, mm. You'd use DJ Shadow, though, if you could, wouldn't you? I, yes. Uh, it would be you, only you, DJ Shadow. <laughs> I would be like, as, as you, even his weird stuff, like the high school band stuff. Uh, as you I, prostrate yourself before them. Yeah, exactly. Well, him, yes, because he is an awesome DJ. You don't even know, Tom. You don't even know. Anyway, um, so what I'm getting, uh, I've already put all the episodes of RPPR, our main episode, all 55 episodes so far, not this one, obviously, um, on archive.org. So you can you can now have one location if you want to catch up on all the old episodes. Uh, if you want to uh, introduce a new person to RPPR, they can just send them to that web page, and they can then get all the episodes in one convenient location. And in case if I ever lose web hosting or whatever, you know, uh, uh, or if there's, if the web, uh, you know, because of the mob guys, you owe money to, right. Or if there's some crazy virus that deletes everything and I can't dude, bro, yeah. I'm supposed to be a surprise <laughs> yeah. uh, to delete our own stuff. Yeah. That, no, the, the whole internet. Yeah. Uh, well the, then by, it would by, affect by, archive.org. Like, by the way, uh, happy, happy May 1st, everybody <laughs> in advance. Yeah. May day. Um, so uh, I am currently uploading the actual plays, then I'll put up the interviews, then I'll put the comedy files. So you'll have a convenient place to get everything um, if you want to not have to scroll through all the archives of our website or whatever. But on our website, of course, we have all the delightful comments and links, mm-hmm. show notes, and all this other good stuff. So uh, I'm just throwing that out there as kind of a service yeah. to you. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm also, by the way, Ross, I, I'm also writing another episode of uh, DM and GM. Oh, great. Yeah, we're going to be doing more comedy now. Um, I've been meaning to. It's just Zombies of the World is, of course, obviously. Yeah. And, of course, our comedy actually takes a lot, you know, a lot more editing. We have uh, – we're going to be doing videos, too. It's going to be called Best of RPPR, uh, where we're going to take highlights from the actual plays and turn them into little videos. Uh, Fan did one already. We're going to do more. Uh, so that's that's coming down the pipeline. I can't give you exact times because I'm horrible at that. Oh, one last thing. Uh, Ruins of Lemuria, the rough draft of the text is done. It weighs in at over 17,000 words. Uh, Ian Moody is currently working on the, the art and the layout, so we haven't forgotten about that, obviously. And uh, Also, Ian really Moody is awesome. Yeah, Ian Moody is awesome. That goes without and saying. And Violet Kirk is awesome. Uh, yeah, she is. They are both awesome artists. Uh, they just did uh, Goat Say earring, or, uh, Earrings. Or, yeah. I think you do your yourself a disservice yeah. if you don't get them that's one way of describing it tom that that, that that's one way um i'm not sure uh, that would be the word bothered? i would use <laughs> are you bothered by it ross i just wouldn't want to put any part of goat say jewelry in my body is what i'm saying it's already there I even if it's in my ear hole i don't even Dude, have e- goat say is with everybody all you have to do is part the waves as it were that's so terrible for those of you out there don't ever Google goat say, and we're not going to tell you how to spell it because don't. Yeah. Anyways, just don't. don't. I, uh, even if just in case there are a few people who haven't seen it. Yeah. No, no, no. Anyways, two girls, one movie. (laughs) It's worse. (laughs) You're not helping Tom. Um, we should move on to the main topic because we're serious business. It's very serious business. Uh, shooting getting real running the game on time. So, uh, this kind of came about at fear of the con this year. It did. It did. Uh, We were in the live recording, and um, one of the hosts came up and said, how many of you actually had games that finished on time? 
And I was, I was like, how many have you actually had games that didn't finish on? Right, that's right. And uh, a very good percentage of the crowd raised their hand, which was very surprising to me. Um, for me, like I tend to run games that are a little—I wouldn't say short, but you know, you, you spend half, probably concise, two, quick and concise, two to two and a half, a little under three, two to three hours is what I shoot for. Uh, with half an hour at the beginning to introduce the rules, and then half an hour for breaks or uh, food runs or well breaks and uh, explaining what happened afterwards and talking to the players and. Uh, getting feedback from them. So like two to three hours is what I shoot for when I run a con game. And I usually do that. Sometimes it goes even now, less than that. I so. mean, I've only run one con game to date. Yeah. But it's, I essentially did the same thing. Yeah. But apparently it's very common uh, in convention games to not I, finish on time. Fact, which, one of the games I was in that happened. There. Yeah, it was... Uh, um, Divine was, yeah, talk was, about that. Yeah, yeah actually I was... Uh, one of the main reasons I went to uh, Fear of the Con this year is that somebody was running... Uh, my one of my games, uh, the D- Divine Fire, the first one, uh, you know, part one, and I actually had a the chance. The World War Two one, yeah, the World War Two one, and I got a chance to play in a game I wrote, which was actually kind of inspiring and awesome to me. <laughs> yeah, because they didn't have you. You haven't written anything. I mean, like in the sense, like published anything no. on it. You've just literally the person. All they they had to go on was your were your two play tests from our yeah. podcast. So and yeah. thank, thank, thankfully they went with the one with the prisoners. Yeah, but yeah, the game we were there uh, for the full four hours that the yeah. game was scheduled, and we weren't even sixty percent done with the with the scenario by the time that the four hour mark rolled around. All right, and well, I mean the GM, I mean he flat out came, and this time he flat out came out and admitted that he got practically zero sleep the day before. Right. And he was saying he was he, he didn't even have time to write out the updated character, so he was using ones from the year before. Oh, he had run this before. Is that is that? Yeah, he had, yeah. Apparently, he had run this before. I see. So all right. But uh, he was using the old characters, uh-huh. and uh, was there something wrong with him? I mean, no. I don't know. No, it's I think I think it's just he wanted to update them, but he was essentially using characters he had a year from a year ago. I gotcha. Which uh, they were fine, but and you also you could tell he was not. Prepared to run this. Yeah. I think that he was still suffering from the effects of sleep deprivation. You could just see it. Yeah. And we, and the thing is, I actually started to metagame at a few points just so we could hurt, <laughs> you know, move things along. Be very, I mean, as the author, you'd be kind of forgiven for that, I think, you know, if you're yeah, that I mean, but I, I admit, I, t- you know, I'm ever getting to play Road Trip and be like, I'm going to the brain and talking to him, you know? Immediately. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I go to I, Area Fifty One now, <laughs> and I talk. Yeah, we so the GM just was he was not ready. Yeah, uh, and the players. Okay, well, there was one player that jumped in. There was a older guy that was playing the British uh, RAF pilot. Yeah, but he insisted on speaking in a British accent. Could he pull that off? Sometimes. Okay. About forty five. Well, I mean, what do you think led to it not being able to finish on time? I think that when the GM just flat out admitted that I'm really, really tired here. Okay. Which we all sort of braced ourselves at that point. You could tell everyone was kind of just, there was a slight change in the faces of everyone around the table. It's like, we kind of like, okay, so we, I know we know what's going to happen here now. Resignation, you know, acceptance in the final stage, you know, or. Yeah, pretty like much. Uh, and there was that also when he's, and he, was, he was handing out these character sheets and he was even telling us, okay, yeah, I had no time to redo these. These are the old ones. 
And we're like, so I think it's when he flat. I think his the problem was in that game is that he flat out told us, essentially, this is not going to be a very good game. I mean, uh, that's essentially what he said by giving us by telling us all that. Mm. And that that was the exact I think exactly the wrong thing to do. Okay. Um. All right. So that that people kind of gave up before it even started. Um, mm-hmm. And also, you know, and once again, you could tell he. Uh, he had the layout of the base, everything that was supposed to happen. Right. And did not deviate from that one iota. Okay. So essentially, we, you know, the plot couldn't go forward until we explored every building, <laughs> uncovered all the clues, which, thank God, I knew where all of them were. <laughs> and, uh, okay, if I, I'm once, if I may just offer a piece of criticism, he left out some of the best parts of the game. <laughs> right. Which, you know, threw me for, like, you know, he let, like, Grunval, the ghoul, wasn't in there at all. Right. Which, he's kind of the source to, okay, he's the one that, if you're really, really stuck, can give you a clue. Yeah. That's kind of why I threw him in there. Well, A, I find Lovecraft ghouls totally awesome. Right. But B, if you're drawing a blank and you realize, oh, shit, they missed a clue that, that I really needed them to find, he can he can actually provide it for them in another way. Right. Right. So, um... So that slowed the game down even further because mm-hmm. the players couldn't didn't have they only had uh, minimal uh, avenues for information. Yeah, and so. also I don't think he really knew. I don't think he had clear in his head what the thing in the basement was. I gotcha. All right, so lack of preparation in other extreme words. lack of preparation. Right. Um, and you know, aside from the con games and the divine, you know, using the divine fire as an example, I've I've heard a, a, a lot of accounts. Of people who a lot of you know emails from listeners and other groups that talk about how their games are like six to twelve hours long. I can't possibly. I can like, possibly when they show up to game, that. they're doing it for twelve hours. That, that is no. I, there's no effing way I could do that. Yeah. No. Neither can. Neither can I. I mean, we we when we game, we we're focused like a laser and we get shit done. And I mean, I, I think we've. I don't think we've really much had a game that's gone much more than four hours. We have uh, at a time. No, we have. Uh, Omar Shakti Must Die was uh, close to six, because uh, that was but that was special because Patrick and Cree were in town. And right? also, well, and also we took a we took like an hour break to go get donuts. Right, we at did one point. Yeah, we did take an hour break. So, um, but altogether, minus the break, that was still like five hours. So, yes, uh, close to that. Um, of course, we also had character generation, which wasn't recorded, so the recording's a little shorter than that. Uh, but I'm counting that part of the game. Yeah. Um, but usually we don't, and the thing is, you know, we Tom and I have both played in games where they, it's just gone on too long, and I'm certainly familiar with this idea. Of, a lot of groups, the standard is to play for eight to nine hours. They show up, it's a social event, they get to, you know, blah, 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 but then they wonder why nothing happens in their game or nothing gets done, and so we think, I, I think uh, games can be, uh, don't run on time because of three main reasons, a lack of focus, a lack of preparation and a uh, lack of endurance. And so we, we, we talk about this. Um, the divine fire thing was lack of preparation, but I think the first, the common thing is a lack of focus in, in we, your game. Yeah. GMs and players get distracted. Yeah. But yeah. you can do things to minimize those distractions. It's fine to occasionally, space out as especially as a player if it's not your turn it's like I, I i but i really do think you know D combat particularly is really bad for that 
because well, if you if you have the wrong mindset, like for me, I'm I I stay focused in D and D combat because I have a very like I love tactical combat games. I love XCOM. I love Jagged Alliance and things like that. So with D and D, I'm looking at watching the battlefield and see how players are reacting and seeing how the battlefield. Well, but you t- you're not like a tactical like you you you're, no to me actually. Uh, I'm I'm just talking D and D here. Right, combat is probably probably my least favorite thing. Right, because again, you're not like that tactical kind of. No, I mean I love XCOM, but the thing is, like, I'm participating at every at every moment. Right, and there are times when, and especially when people, you know, when there are people that really know the rules and they really take advantage of every single one of them. Right, when their one combat round takes can take up to eight minutes. Well, actually, they usually don't because they're they're focused. Like Bill, he usually knew exactly what he was doing. It was actually you and Jason who were, I think, took longer because you didn't know, you know, you you, well, you but that it's lack what, of preparation. <laughs> but it's like when a single you know combat round goes on for twenty minutes, which has happened, right? It's you know it starts. I I kind of start. This isn't like well, this isn't really fast, thrilling combat. This is this is like homework. Well, it's yeah, turn-based RPG, you know. <laughs> I do admit, yeah, I do admit, I sometimes have a short attention span. Right. I think I try to stay focused sometimes. Right. But there are also there are times when I there are times that I just like I'm fucking fading here. Right. I mean, I think the difference is like I could watch a StarCraft two match and be interested in that just as a spectator, and you know, you wouldn't. You no, I no, I I actually I tried to do that when the game first yeah. came out. And I was literally by the, by about after about twenty minutes, like sweet evil Jesus, I have to stop this. <laughs> See, so that's the difference uh, for me. You know, even when I'm not, it's not my round. I'm interested in seeing what the tactical decisions are. Tom, you're not. You know, we just have different preferences, and that's fine. Uh, but when everybody is like that, um, people get you know, uh, you lose some focus, and you can't be razor focused on the game at all laser you know focused all the time but there are things you can do to minimize this stuff um i think food and socializing are the two biggest things uh and mm-hmm. gadgets are kind of uh, but I, I think food is the biggest single biggest thing i don't know what do you think well yeah i've seen what ha- i've three. seen what happens when you have ross cookies yeah everyone stops and gets them um but, but- actually i think um well when you mention food i think it's not just it's not just people eating it's what it's well that but I think it's what you know. It's what certain foods do to people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that, that pizza can... to me is a great example of that. right. Yeah, um, the uh, especially the if you have the something. psychopath who has like half a half a pizza at one sitting. Okay, I've se- or or a whole pizza, which I have seen happen. Wow. Yeah. Um, like you know, one person, an entire large meat lover's pizza gone in ten minutes by one person. Wow, that's. Uh... Wow. But this is one of this is one of those son of a bitches that apparently have that weird mutant metabolism. Uh-huh. That he's, you know, still like, you know, 180 pounds and feel like like you I, I look I look at I'm not going to name this person's name, <laughs> but I look like you motherfucker. God, I hate you. It's Cody, isn't it? No, it is not Cody. <laughs> See, you could have lied there and just like It's you, know, you boss. It's me. It's I'm you. the zombies. You are the zombies for us. Um so I think well, food. Is, yeah, so the food coma there. But I think you know, well, we have a pretty good. You know, we have a pretty good method. Of it. We don't start the game until people are mostly done eating. Right, mostly or entirely. Yeah, with uh, yeah, with gaming. Um, I think the problem is it breaks up the rhythm of gaming. People watch the people that are eating. Uh, like the when noise the, well, of the food. Actually, another good, you know, a good example of that is when Dan brought in the 
not one, but two uh, KFC double downs. Oh my god! And a famous bowl. Yeah, and we just we, like it's, gave them shit. To I'm that. sorry. There are some things you just have to stare at. Yeah, that oh. was one of them. Oh my god, that is pretty gross. Uh, I'm sorry, KFC fans. That that shit is gross. That that yeah, is not I, cool. Even even in my worst days in high school, when I as I as when I started to balloon up to my to nearly 400 pounds at one time. Yeah. That would have been too nasty even for me. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's no we would actually we would take time. I would see it even you. We would just be looking at it. Well, it also takes up space on the gaming table, you know. Mhm. Especially, you know, no matter what you're eating and, you know, the aroma and everything else about it, all that does is distract yeah. people. And also from- one of the noises I can't stand is people eating. Right. You know, if, if there's if there's conversation going on at the same time, normally that's okay. Right, it drowns it out. But if there, I've just sat at a table with people just quiet and eating, yeah. the sound just it's one yeah, of those. And sounds. some people will, yeah, some people have a, have a hangouts about that. If I do, if I can hear their teeth clicking, you know, if I hear them, you know, snapping or like whatever, that kind of bugs me. Or if they're really. eating really crunchy food, that doesn't bother me. I don't really mind. Like baby carrots to me are the worst. Really? Oh man, I I can't stand that. That's some baby carrots in my fridge. I bet you do. I... Don't you dare eat them in front of me. <laughs> Unless we're talking at the same time. <laughs> I'm so tempted to stop this recording right now, Tom. No, no. We must focus for the listeners. Right. Exactly. See? Um, but there's... A, so with food, because people are conditioned that when it's food time, it's also socializing time. It's like they're at a restaurant, and they sit down, and they have to chat, you know, with their friends. And actually, you know, this is actually why, you know, most games I used to... When I used to actually do games at restaurants, like late yeah. at night... Game didn't start until the food was mostly gone. Yeah, and we were just down to drinks. Yeah, um, and it's the same thing at a gaming table. You can't really run a game, even if there's no food present. If everybody's socializing, you know, for a lot of people, the so the gaming is the social event of the week. You know, like that's that's the that's, that's their big thing. That's what yeah. they look forward to every week. Yeah, and I mean, and that's fine. But the more you socialize, the less you game. So you have to think about your priorities. If it's fine for you to socialize and then use gaming as an excuse to do that's that. Yeah, that's cool. Instead of going to your local sports ball, you know, squadron Barring, contest, yeah. you know, whatever. Yes, uh, go go team. Yes. Score a goal Go's unit. Go my favorite squadron. Uh, <laughs> Beat the opponents yes. soundly. Yes, exactly. Oh, that opponent, uh, he in, broke one of the rules and should be penalized. It's like, Yay, they scored a goal unit. Yes, a goal unit. <laughs> I cannot good. I cannot take credit for that. That that's that, is, good. that is Brian Regan. Uh, okay. Nice. Um Squadrons from The Simpsons. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> they um well not Pooh is like trying to pretend to be American. Oh, you, yes. you know what I'm talking yes, about. Yes, yeah. I know. Um and so do half of our listeners. Okay. Um, so but the, uh, and then finally, of course, there's gadgets. I mean, that's the other and thing I, that causes. Uh, yeah, and, like uh, and by gadgets, I basically mean yeah, smartphones, mm-hmm. not just iPhones, but Android phones. You know, uh, um, we but, have a lot of passing phones around. Like here, check this picture out. Or well, by most a lot, you mean Aaron, Aaron and Jason, Aaron and Jason. Yeah, true. Uh, Aaron and Jason, they have to show their shit or they have to play their music, um, and most of the time, it's like. Actually, the music is okay. Like, if it's just a little sound clip. Well, like, like, what Bill, what Bill Miami, did. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but uh, you know, Aaron's like, oh, take a look at this new Green yeah. Lantern. Or, or when Jason said, hey, check out this new, this new picture of Thor. Yeah. And, like, yes, we can do that. Uh, but, again, this all takes away from the game uh, because it breaks a person's focus and their interest in the game. And even uh, they're like, oh, shit, what was I going to do again? Okay, I'll do this. You know, they have to, you know, you lose all that time. Um, so... That would be the first suggestion if you want to help your game run on time. 
separate your gaming from your food, your socializing, and your gadgets. Uh, I say, as for gadgets, do what you do at the movie theater. Yeah, turn your ringer off and put them in your pocket. I leave it out, but I turn it on silent, and then I'll look at it, but I won't answer it. You know, unless it's like life or death or whatever. If it's a text I know it's like, message, you know, Caleb does. Caleb has his phone out. Yeah, and he gets messages all the time, but he just looks who it is, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, I and to be honest, oh, I do. Te- I've good te- job, Caleb. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've texted at games. But sometimes I text players who are at the table, and then we're you know conspiring. It's a great way to pass notes without actually doing that. So I no, I, I do I still say passing notes is a treasured gaming pastime, <laughs> and you really need to actually pass a note <laughs> so everyone can see it. Yeah, and be like, well, everyone can see that you're passing a note. Yeah, I see. If if you keep it secret, no. Yeah. No. Oh. Well, uh, different strokes for different folks, but I mean, I, I, I do definitely turn it silent, and then I, I pretty much always ignore it. I mean, I, I'm aware of it, so I now you know, I would but, say now, okay, now maybe you are expecting a really important call, right? I would just announce that, like, hey, everyone, I got to have my phone with me waiting for this call, right? Yeah, but, let but them that's know. Pretty easy. Yeah, let them know. Yeah. Um, but try, but I would say there is no need to look up the new, the latest Green Lantern pictures. Or show like, oh, there's a great YouTube video you should see, or blah blah. Yeah, blah, well, blah, actually, blah. No, we do that after the game. Yeah, you should. So again, separate the the food, the social, and the gadget. Now, so that that should help take care of the focus, lack of focus. But then the other thing, the second thing, is lack of preparation, as uh, that uh, Divine Fire game clearly demonstrated. Right now, it, when we mean prepare, like you know, you can either have have a game ready to play. And that means if you either have the material ready to prepare or if you're really good at improvising, make sure you're mentally alert. Like that guy, I think the main problem with that guy was he wasn't mentally alert. I mean, he wasn't ready yeah. to run the game. I mean, he's so. run the game before, so I know he knew what to do. It's just, yeah, his brain was not in it. Right. And fatigue is a hell of a thing. I mean, I've run and games often, very often, tired, I'll say but, often, and that's not a problem because a lot of times you can just say, hey, guys, I am just not ready for this. Right. But I think that's a problem at a con game when people have paid money for tickets to uh, yeah play. And, well, that's and not just an show option. up. Yeah. yeah, that's not an option. Yeah, I mean that's that's a that's a jerk thing to do. That's just, uh, it's you know. never happened to me, but I've heard some people it has. Oh yeah, no, it it, it happens. I mean, and part of it's unavoidable. Um, I mean, I've run like Gen Con on Sunday, <laughs> Sunday morning. I am pretty gone. I'm not like yeah. I'm actually actually I didn't I didn't I didn't show up at a game I was supposed to run, but. One year at Gen Con was actually it was the year we did a, a U boat house, I think. Yeah, yeah. I was, I had a game Sunday morning, and I like there is no effing way I'm getting to that game. Yeah, um, I mean that happens. I mean I I the the one Gen Con I ran six games. Yeah, the Sunday game was pretty tough. <laughs> and uh, you slept a lot of the way back to Springfield, and I actually didn't give you shit about that. Yeah. So know your limitations, um, but. Have a game ready to play. I mean, have something. This is actually a problem I have sometimes. Yeah. I uh, like it's you so said like yeah, yeah like you're, you'll be ready to run this right. Like yeah yeah you bet. And the day comes, I'm like I'm not ready. Yeah. But I've said I was going to do this. Yeah. I'm like motherfucker, and such is the burden of a GM. Yeah, and it's basically do you either a look like a douchebag beforehand and say yeah I'm not ready to run this, or do you do it after the game when you just when you run a turd? Yeah. Or you improvise like a boss. Like that's yeah. what I would do. I'm, but see, I get I'm, off work, Ross. Yes, I. Yeah. Well, I'm. I'm a boss. That's the thing. It, you're I, not. I'm like a boss. You're like a boss, which is not a, a boss. Yeah. 
Uh, anyway, which meant you sucked a dude's dick. Remember? <laughs> oh shit! I, yeah, love... I forgot about that. No, credit... no, no. That ain't me. That ain't me. That <laughs> you chopped your balls off and died. Hell yeah! Exactly. Uh, anyway, so lack of endurance. <laughs> Um, and I think the main thing with endurance isn't necessarily being like physically and mentally ready. It's actually wanting to play, like gaming fatigue. Like, do you actually want to play this game? And that's fine if you don't, because a bad gaming is worse. No gaming is worse is better than no- bad gaming. Is what I always yeah, say, so. and uh, yeah, back like as soon as but kind of back in back at your old apartment for yeah. a while, there was a time when I actually thought, oh motherfucker, I have a game tonight with at Ross's. <laughs> really? What game? Oh, God, I cannot. Was it Mass Lothotep? No, it was the D and D game we ran before that. The like... epic one. Iron? No, it wasn't no, Iron no, Heroes. No, no, no. It, it was it was three point five. I know that. Was it epic? I don't think no. It wasn't epic either. Okay. Uh, was it the one Patrick was running? Might have been. That was Iron Heroes. That was like one or two. Sessions. No, 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 no. That wasn't Iron Heroes. It was some D and D game. I know it was. It was three point or three point five. Yeah. It was, was I running it? I think you were. Okay. But there was, there was a time I actually was thinking, God damn it. I have it wasn't to... the one I was running in Geekers. No. Okay. I can't remember what the life of me was, but it, there was a time when that that was happening. Huh. Interesting. Oh, I, 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 I'm sorry. I admit that. You, no, I'm a horrible you, monster. You, a GM. You, you, should, you should pray I'm, for I'm, death. Yeah, I, pr- I should. Cause I'm, 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 clearly, I'm a monster. Um and terrible at GM, but no that that didn't that didn't happen very much. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, but yeah, you have to want to play or run, and game. you have to want to run too. Yeah, so um, I think uh, uh, so those are kind of the overall guidelines. But there are there are things you know once you realize a game is going on uh, and it's starting to get stop derailing, it's starting to derail. You know, it's starting to get lack of you know uh, drag on. Uh, there are things you can do to sort of bring it back. Um, and I think, you know, uh, the first thing I think is rallying the players, you know, as a GM, uh, after a break or whatever you, you were talking about that. So, yeah, it's, I've noticed that, you know, sometimes we just need to take a break because either, you know, people are rushing to the bathroom a lot or someone, or someone mentions, Hey, you know what make this game better? Booze. (laughs) Let's go get some booze. Yeah. Right. Right. And which is fine, you know. Eventually, I think a break in a game is a really good thing. Yeah. If you see it happen, like okay, hey guys, let's take five here. Yeah. But I've seen it, I've seen it happen a lot. Is and they they once that break is over, they cannot rally things back. They cannot get things started again. Right. It's you know suddenly you know during the break someone started mentioning, hey, did you see? Hey, did hey, did you hear about this? You know the new Iron Man Iron Man movie, yeah. and then and then that the, Green Lantern. They want to talk about that for the next thirty minutes. Right. Right. And there you are, like okay, we're back, and like, and they're still talking. Yeah. And uh, you, what you, I think the best way to do that is, that is basically call their attention and just say, "Hey, come on, guys, we're gaming. Let's go." You know, mm-hmm. I've had to do that several times. Which, as a player, you can also you help with the rallying. Okay, guys, come on, let's get focused here. Yes, definitely. I think the more players encourage each other to stay on ta- topic, stay on task, uh, the better things are. Because I try and do that. I mean, I'm not, I, I don't say. I'm the backseat yeah. GM, but I try but to be a good player. We're all we're all in the group, man. Exactly, it's all we're back. A t- this is a team collaboration effort. for awesomeness or something. And Extreme awesome factor. <laughs> um, and it really helps if, as a GM if you have the confidence to do that. You really like this is my game. This is what I'm going to do, and we're going to yeah. do it. And you have to remember, like, a lot of people don't do it. Like I feel like, I mean, I'm I'm not trying to pick on Aaron, but this is Aaron to a T. That doesn't want to get in anyone's face. Yeah. 
doesn't want to seem like I'm, he's coming across as unreasonable. So the thing is, Aaron, I, if you do it, I'm proud of you, and I'm I, I, and I, you prove me wrong. But just the thing, like you know, it's like the GM not wanting to seem like a dick. Yeah. So you're just like, okay, guys. All right, all right, we're good. No, you got uh, you you got to go boldly. Yeah. It's like okay, guys, let's go. Come yeah. on. Um, and I think you know there there's a fine line between too much and not enough confidence. I think like. Uh, you know, somebody commented on the New World game episode forty, uh, the pupil, which is about, of course, you know. By the way, I love and- the I love the uh, image you put up. For it. <laughs> uh, it was the only one I, I actually looked for humorous images of Anakin Skywalker, and that was the first one I could find. Very nice, very appropriate. Very nice. Yeah, um, but for those of you who aren't listening, it's about Cody kind not quite derails the game, but really obsesses over one NPC that he I- bombs the tracks. Yeah. He really, really focused in on Anakin, and I mean, I was needling him a little bit, but I didn't intend, didn't realize he had this kind of thing. But at the end, one of the person's comments uh, uh, says that I was um, able to keep the game going, but I was, uh, I did allow the, the a woman to survive because the players mentioned all these things. I was willing to change the game because the player said, "Oh, well, we did this and this and this to protect the woman." And be like, "All right, fine, yeah. she lives." You know? Oh, well, come on, Ross! The poison gas wouldn't kill instantly. Uh, See exactly that's the exact same sort of thing. You can't. You have to be confident, but you can't be obstinate. Uh, a GM really does have to be accommodating to a certain degree. Um, you post challenges, but you can't be an asshole about it. Because I mean, being an asshole too much is you know it's no longer I fun. Doubt. You're an asshole. Yeah. Because uh, I, I mean, I mean, do you guys think I'm a hard GM? That my games are difficult? You know that are. No, I would say they are not. There's a fine line between difficult and challenging. Yeah. You clearly are on the challenging side. Right. And thank God for that. <laughs> so you don't feel like it, every game is like a walk in the park where your success is guaranteed? Uh, dude, are you fucking kidding me? I'm, so, I'm sorry to keep squaring, but fuck, no. There are, no, there are sessions. like every, Rich, every time I sit down with a game for you that I know there's going to be a combat, it's like, all right, who are we going to lose? Who's... <laughs> I go, God, my God, I was I was only there the last 10 minutes of the fight in the Collider yeah. for Wild Talents, but you told me Caleb was like, we're all going to die. Yeah, It's TPK. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> like, just call this episode TPK because people are going to die. Everyone's going to die. Um, and thank God I got there for the last part. Right, yeah. Uh, so yeah, you can... No, have, yeah. no, you make it clear, though, that, hey, I am... You're saying it's not so much you're eager, but you're saying I am not afraid to waste a PC. Right. Well, it's not a waste a PC. It's supposed to challenge without... That that fine line between being too much like Aaron or being too much like well, uh, a Stonewall GM who says, no, 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 this is no, the one. Yeah. You don't Stonewall, but you clearly have consequences yeah. in mind. And, and, and it, yeah. they're realistic consequences. Yeah, yeah. They're not ridiculous consequences that... Yeah. It's like, well, like, well, if you don't go this path, I, I have... Uh, It'll be bombed by this B two bomber <laughs> flying overhead. Yeah, like, uh, where'd that come? It was there. You just didn't. It's stealth. You didn't notice it. Yeah, stealth. Um, but you know, as being you know scenarios, I think uh, the final thing we haven't mentioned. You know, we're we're talking about like metagaming things, basically, like what to do at the table, the social contract, mm-hmm. uh, things you can do to help bring the game about. But I think for a GM in particular, I think that one fundamental thing, and this goes really for convention games is you have to be aware of what you can actually do in the time you have. 
I think too many GMs are uh, they're like at a buffet table and they they you know they pile their plate too high. Yeah, you you you're like I have this grand idea, I have this great campaign, blah 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 blah. I want to do all this shit, this amazing like, stuff. Like you'll you will be going through the mines of Moria, then across the lands of Mordor, all the way to Mount. And Doom. then you'll you'll snowboard down this mount into the on lava. Yeah, exactly. Um, snowboarding on lava. Somehow, because that's a thing now. So uh, it was in the it was in the Winter Olympics, man. <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, uh, I'm I, sorry. So, I'm sorry. Extreme Summer Olympics. Yeah. So, um, but you have to realize every single thing you do in a game takes time, and a lot of games they start out with like you know movie script. I, I know I've mentioned this before in other episodes. In movie scripts, the 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 movie I, scripts scripts. Sorry, in movie <laughs> in mo- movies uh, screenplays. Yeah, screenplays. Um, the, the goal is that the word, the, 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 the golden rule, one of the golden rules is start late and end early. You start a scene, a particular scene as late as possible, um, and then end it as soon as you can. Uh, so that's my, what I do when I run games is I start the game as late as I can in terms of like where the players show up and where they can yeah. enact things. So like that came up with that game I ran on, uh. Well, the first part of the game I ran last week. Right. And also, I think... Actually, Divine 5 3. We'll get to that in the end. Yeah, anecdote. and also, I think Aaron's uh, The Haunting. Right. He starts us way too early. Right, yeah. The Haunting is a great example. Um, because in a role-playing game, you want to start the game right before the players get to make decisions, where they actually get to do shit. Too many games, I think it's way too fucking common, where you start a game like an hour's worth of You start of with action. a cutscene. Yeah, cutscene that takes way too fucking long. Like, all right, you get the like in a D and D, like in the haunting, the mission is to investigate the haunted house. So, but first we have to like we have to meet with the, the like the person goes to contacts about the haunted house. Right. We are at some like Chuck E. Cheese place. Yeah, some restaurant. Yeah, um, and it just goes on and on and on and on and on, and we basically bulldoze our way as quickly as possible to the haunted house. But by then, you're uh, yeah, we were just being assholes. So yeah. Um, what we should do in a game is ideally is what I, if I do, it was running, I've run the haunting. What I do is I say, all right, you've been hired to investigate a haunted house. Here's the address. Here's what, you know, what do you do? And then the players are then like, Oh shit, we they can go straight to the house go to the, or go to the library, they can choose to go to the library. So they have decisions. They can make choices. The game has begun. And look, I am, I am guilty as shit as of this. Yeah. Ross. I mean, actually I think you were way back in the day too. Every GM does. I think, I mean, it took me a long time to realize this. I mean, this is like, you know, my advanced GM foo or whatever. Um, Is you really, you, in order to get, uh, for me, it took a while to do this. um, But I think I caught on and seen, I wanted to get to the point where the players get to do cool shit. So, or do something, you know, I want to see what they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with this, you know, games just start too early. You know, um, so that's the first thing you do and then realize how much you can actually do in a session. Like combat takes a while. So you can't if you want to have six fights in a four hour game, it ain't ain't fucking happening unless each fight is to shoot uh, someone who's been hogtied, you know, and like go to the next room and shoot another six coup de grace. Yeah. Yeah. That that you could do. Kill six orcs to get to a pie, you know. Uh, (laughs) Oh, the pie. Yes. Uh, but you're not going to get like, oh, I want to have this awesome battle and then a car chase and then another battle and then a uh, gun battle on top of a helicopter somehow. You know, I don't know how it would be on top of a helicopter, but, you know, 
Uh, if you could figure that out, <laughs> if you figure out how to do that, please send us send it to us at RIPPR and we will steal it. I guess, no, it could be through time powers, like they're all time stopping and you know fighting on the helicopter blades. Or time. they're all it's permanent bullet time. Yes, it's the Matrix. So uh, I've just come up with the game. Did that just blow your mind? So, but when you do this, you need to keep that in mind that you can only do so much. Role playing takes time. Interacting with NPCs take time. Players making decisions take time. And like, you know, hell. They, they may spend an hour at that, yeah, you know, at the uh, the kitten shop that you just thought would be a throwaway thing. Oh my god, yeah! If you're running Star Wars the game and you're like, "All right, we're gonna do Star Wars, uh, New Hope in four hours," and by hour two and a half, they're still in Tatooine, you know, because they've killed because they, yeah, because hands, you know, charge too much, so they're well, like, apparently, no, apparently Han did fire first, and yeah. they responded. Yeah, exactly. Or they're like, "Oh, f-, they blew their bargaining check," and Han asked for too much money, so they're hiding in garbage bins, or whoever like, was playing, you know, or yeah. whoever was playing Obi Wan failed his force check like no these are the droids we're looking for yeah. well then the game would be over but yeah uh or yeah be G- gta tatooine outrunning five stars oh my god yeah that'd be awesome <laughs> did i son just... of a bitch oh my god that's a great game too yeah um gt yeah. like gta tatooine <laughs> riding around bounty hunting yeah nice uh shooting up sarlaccs for fun and profit yeah, so. like having your Sith where you could actually have like the San Andreas workout rules so you get bulkier as you work out. <laughs> uh, that's a great game. You'll have to run that, Tom. I will, yeah. Um, you know, there's actually Star Wars rules for the one-roll engine. I do know that. Okay, well, we can totally do that then. Uh, so anyways, um, keep that in mind. Now, uh, the, other, the final thing, I think, as a GM, you know, keeping understanding how long it'll take players to get through a scenario is if the players start getting stuck, if things are starting to slow down, if they're, everyone's in a food coma or whatever else, your game is just dying a slow death, change it. Now, you know, Raymond Chandler said, you know, when in doubt, have two guys kicking the door with guns. Um, but do something to that. Something effect. explodes. Yeah, something explodes. A fire alarm goes off. Uh, I, God knows in games, I've had random shit happen. Like, oh, players are being silent and uncooperative. Well, Something's going to fuck yeah. with them. Or uh, you can be civil. Like, a phone rings. Yeah, phone rings. Um, like in Call of Cthulhu games, I know like Aaron talked about how he had two players that were very wallflowers and weren't doing anything. The yeah, and I, as I understand it, and he was trying to get them involved. Right. So I just, you're attacked by something horrible and you can't kill. What do you do? Oh, well, we're going to get with the rest of the group and get with the bot. Oh, that's nice. Oh, good. That, yeah. that works. Or you die. Oh, you rolled a lot of crappy rolls. You, you, you die. So that was pretty awesome. Yeah. So that would be awesome. Um, but shake shit up. Yeah. So hopefully this gives you guys an idea of what to do when your game takes too long. Um, on whichever side of the table you're sitting on. Yeah. Uh, if you're running a 12 hour game and that's what you want to do and you want to have lots of food and socializing, you're, you're having fun that you wouldn't change your thing. That's fine. I just say, you know, the most important thing, if you are having fun, yeah, then you're doing yeah, something. I right. mean, not uh, different groups like different things, but if you're in a 12 hour an eight hour game and you're thinking it's taking too long and you're bored because everyone's being a jackass and not focusing, and not on even it. a very good, not even a funny jackass. Yeah, just like, oh my god, I want to get through this dungeon and no one will fucking cooperate. Well, then these are some of the things you can try to speed things along, like a boss, like a boss, like a boss. Uh, so uh, of course we uh, uh, have break letting along. Tom does have a letter for all you lucky listeners out there. I've um, had a letter the last few times for us. Yeah, I know. Well, uh, are you we still never like, like, but there was this time back in the day you didn't have a letter. Yep. 
That's space. I'll I'll hold and that. I will on. never let you forget that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, am I pretty yeah. much? Is it, am I crystallizing your thoughts perfectly here? Yeah, pretty much. And I published things, and you never will. Well, that's up to you, Tom. But this is these are your thoughts. No, I, and they'd be like, "Well, he Tom chooses not to publish things because he's Tom." Derp a derp. That's you. That's you. That is. Uh, and then finally, of course, we have shout outs and an anecdote. We'll talk about Divine Fire Three, Tom's game uh, that he just finished Monday and uh, was uh, pretty uh, special. <laughs> What the hell does that mean? <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> what comes to mind when you hear the name James Bond? The iconic theme song, the Walther PPK pistol, the many Bond girls, the over-the-top villains... All of these things are part of what make James Bond the iconic character we have been following for almost 50 years. Yet, while I love the Bond films, most of them anyway, I can't help but be struck by a nagging suspicion. James Bond is actually a terrible spy. I know that right now, Bond fanatics are getting out their instruments of torture and are ready to submit me to the Blood Eagle, but hear me out. What makes a successful spy? Anonymity, for one. The ability to blend into the crowd in whatever country they are operating in. There are other things, to be sure, and Bond certainly possesses many of them, but let's focus on the aforementioned two. Firstly, anonymity. If there's anyone on Earth who is less anonymous than James Bond, besides maybe heads of state, I defy you to find them. Who doesn't know everything about James Bond? His name, his gun, his drink of choice, his car, or his country of origin? When even the lowliest underling knows every detail about the man, how can he possibly infiltrate anything? And as for his ability to blend in... He is a blazingly white, upper-crust British man with a nigh-unstoppable libido. He hits on anything with a vagina. How hard would it be to, to say, even in the lowliest thug, look for the British man sipping a vodka martini trying to plow every female in the bar? Which brings me to a true story. In the ill-fated Ninjas and Super Spies game of the early 90s, we were playing a group of independent spies and ninjas operating as part of a for-hire cell. On one mission to Montenegro, the GM revealed to us that none other, none other than 007 himself was after the same target we were. Apparently, we were supposed to piss ourselves with fear. We asked him if we knew of Bond as spies ourselves. The GM sputtered a bit and said, Of course you do! He's one of the most famous spies on Earth! With that, we got to work. First, we used our contacts to find out which hotel in the city had checked in in 1960s Aston Martin. Having done that, we infiltrated the hotel's bar and waited for somebody to order a vodka martini, shaken, not stirred. We got the order and added a few drops of sodium cyanide. Boom, 007 dead. Sorry, Mr. Bond, we love you, but you talk too damn much. Well, Tom, that was an excellent letter. Um, although I have to mention, you know, the world's most famous spy is kind of a, a non sequitur if you think about it. I mean, how? Yeah, so that that would be kind of ineb- inevitable. Well, when, somebody... when a spy gets famous, he's not doing his job right. I'm kind of, I'm yeah, exactly. I'm kind of surprised that uh, 
you guys didn't just uh, uh, set the hotel on fire and shoot everyone that ran out. No, well, we'll see. No, we were actually playing uh, stealth specialists. Uh, you know, we were ones that we 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 do the job with precision. I got you. I got you. So yeah. you, were you hired to kill him, or was it just no, like, fuck uh, it, we want to kill him? Well, we were after a target, and we are getting paid a handsome sum of money to do so, and he was after the same target. Ah. So it was pretty much, uh, oh, no, we are a very un- relatively unknown new group, and we need money. Yeah. We needed a lot more than you needed. <laughs> so you, they, and so we just got in the way. And so we just really thought about it. Just, And I know the GM was planning this to be this whole big thing, but we just... No, no, no. All right, but and that's why we that's why we in character asked the GM like, okay, so we know about him, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he says, and of course, he's like, well, yeah, he's one of the most famous spies in the world, so we would know basically anything a James Bond fan would know, right? Like, yeah. Okie dokie. <laughs> it literally took us five minutes to form that plan. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty easy. Like, how many people actually drive a 1960s Aston Martin? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. you know, just check in with val, you know, valet parking and you know, because they have to write down, they have to put down whatever they're parking. Right, right. You know, like oh, hey, well, hey, this five, of course, this five star hotel here has an Aston, just checked in an Aston Martin. Right, right, right. You know, we just got our one of our guys into the bar and waited for that drink order, <laughs> and there it came, like a few drops, and then screams as someone drops dead. Nice. Oops. Uh, so yeah, that's another thing. Never introduce NPCs in the game that you aren't ready to uh, have them die because uh, I will say this: at least the GM acted, rolled with it, rolled with it. You know, nice. realizing you know, he said that you know, like it sucked. I couldn't find a single fault with that plan. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. So with this, we go into our shoutouts. First shoutout. Um. I mentioned, but uh, you want to? Well, uh, let me let me talk about. Uh. You know what the OSS is, right? Yeah, it's the it was the Office of Secret Service, right? Strategic Strategic Service. Yes, basically uh, this forerunner to the CIA in World War II. Exactly, uh, they did dirty tricks and ungentle, uh, ungen- ungentlemanly things. Yes, exactly. So uh, they've declassified the training films that the OSS. I'm glad you told me this. I can't wait to see this. Yeah, um, and somebody's put them online. And there's a whole archive of them, and in fact, there's one uh, which I haven't wa- I've watched a little bit of. It's like how to blend in, how to infiltrate a city. So it talks about like, in fact, they mentioned, well, your cover if your cover is a mechanic, you shouldn't check into the five star hotel. That would be suspicious, and the secret police probably have spies there that are watching. No, they, or will, informants. they will always have spies. Well, they all have informants there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, I did watch another one that was on uh, how to derail a train, and it's harder than you think. They actually ran experiments where they like, okay, we're gonna blow up one section of the track on one side and see if that doesn't okay we'll do it on uh you know 12 inches on both sides well that didn't work well we'll do it 30 inches on one side and then 60 inches diagonally across from it oh that finally works so they ran like five or six tests with the same well, damn experimentation is how you learn so that was pretty awesome uh how to derail a train with plastic explosives and uh, there are all these other ones uh, in fact john ford hollywood helped in these movies and like john ford made some training films uh, now, what's interesting is the patriotic. Yes, these training films don't mention specific nations. Like the guy in the the How to Be Undercover, was like he's going to enemy town, you know, to do this. So even though they're training about the Nazis, they were, you know, obviously we're not about, going to mention. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, what if they want to use it again? So uh, that's a uh, very cool resource. I saw it on Metafilter, and uh, I'll yeah, that's, look at that. that's you know like. Bond dresses to the nines all the time. Yeah, he. You watch this film and you realize James Bond. Yeah, he, he's not a very good spy. He, he's, no, he's just terrible. Now you want a good spy? Look like Deep Throat. Yeah, 
Nobody had a clue who he was until he finally revealed himself when he was in his 80s. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so or Valerie Plame until she was out of the sons of bitches. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and bad spy would be uh, those Russians. <laughs> okay, let those really weren't spies. Uh, as you, I think, as you I were... think that the 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 hot woman that was with him has got her own TV show in Russia now. Yeah. What that's... Anna Chapman? And I think that's her name. Yeah. See, too damn visible to be spies. <laughs> nice. Um. All right, so you had some shout-outs. Yeah, actually, my, I'll do my first one, which is act, was uh, I finally got a Region 1 DVD copy of Godzilla Returns, mm-hmm. otherwise known as Godzilla 1985 in America. And essentially, it's kind of the 30-year... Uh, and it's supposed to be the 30-year anniversary. Where in, in the American version, they actually brought Raymond Burr back in right. to do some scenes, but it's I, I, I admit I love the Godzilla movies. Well, what's not to like? There, I mean, the, the this is the one, but this particular DVD it first had the Godzilla Bambi versus Godzilla short at the beginning. Nice, yeah, and it's I like the ones where he thoroughly actually trounces a city, and I think the older movie movies did it better, where they actually had to build the model and then destroy it. Right. I think when the CG came in, it starts to really lose something. Right. But Godzilla Returns is one of my favorites. Cool. Cool. And I finally found a Region 1 DVD of it. All right. Very happy. Um, I mean, these are two things, but I'll just mention it as one shout-out. Um, Arkham Horror and Mansions of Madness. These are board games from Fantasy Flight Games that are extremely elaborate and hardcore. They're, you know, like 80 bucks or something. Uh, but I've pl- I recently got a chance to play both of them. In fact, I played Arkham Horror with Cody uh, and Mike and uh, several of Cody fr- uh, Cody's friends. And um, it's they're really fun games. They're really for the Call of Cthulhu fan. Um, and both your investigators that are trying to solve some sort of evil in Arkham Horror, you're trying to stop the great old ones. In Mansions of the Madness, there's a bunch of different scenarios, and you kind of it's kind of like House on a Haunted Hill. Like, I like you know, that. I, I really like that game. Yeah. So Mansion of Madness is a little simpler, um, but they're both like extremely elaborate. Uh, there's lots of different cards. Like every character has their own little quest in Arkham Horror. So like I played a doctor and I had to gain up so many clue points and then spin them. And then I got a bonus. If I failed, then I would have, you know, if I got, if I killed too many monsters before I built up the clue points, then I would have been cursed or would have lost, uh, gained some penalties. Um, there's like one character who literally has to die as part of his quest. He's like a deep one or he's a, his name is like Silas Marsh or something like that. He's, oh, he's Marsh. a member of the Marsh family. Yeah. And that's not going to, yeah, that's not, if you live in, if you come from Innsmouth with the last name Marsh, yeah, you, you're either way. His quest is he dies at the end. So, uh, but there's the, the overall quest and then there's personal quests and then you can go around. Um, I know there probably a lot of you already played this game, but if you're a really uh, if you're in a Lovecraft, if you love board games, I mean these are like the Mount Everest. I wouldn't say the Mount Everest, but they're really up there in terms yeah. of complexity and like you can get a lot of time out of it. If you like if you want to spend eight hours playing a single game, like play Arkham Horror, some of the expansions. Like we just played with one, the Insmith one. No, no, we had two. We had one that was cards and one that was uh, Insmith. Um, yeah. And. Yeah, they're like Mansion of Madness is great too because you have like really well crafted miniatures of like all the monsters, like uh, uh, zombies and chathons and bayakis and all this other good stuff. Hmm. So, uh, actually, speaking of uh, the haunting at the on the house on the hill, yeah, it's not really shout out, but they released another a new edition of it. Oh, they, yeah. they fixed a lot of the scenarios that were completely unwinnable one way or another. Yeah, yeah, like um, like one in particular is the banshee. 
Yeah. And the one, the version we played, if I, I do not know how the Banshee is supposed to win. I gotcha. Yeah. I, we got to that one once. Actually, I played that one twice and the Banshee, I, I forget what she's really supposed to do, but she just cannot affect the players that much. And there you're used to, when you still have like three or four players against her. Yeah. It's so easy to kill her. I gotcha. So they've fixed a lot of that. Cool. So we'll put a leak out to that. Um, so yeah, if you if you're uh, into Lovecraft or you're into big board games, definitely give those two a try. Uh, Magic Management just came out. Uh, I can recommend both. They're both mm-hmm. fun. So awesome. Yeah, Cody was a little frustrated, but Cody also made fun of me because I could actually pronounce Nyar Lothotep. That's who we fought. Nyar Lothotep. We actually beat him in Arkham Horror because we knew to stock up clue points. Mortals win. Basically, yeah, we actually did pretty well for our first game. Nice. Um, and some of them, it's like if uh, like every like they're doom like uh, basically you have to either seal six gates uh, in Arkham Horror or defeat the Great Old One. And as events progress in the game, uh, the Great Old One will rack up doom points, representing how close he is to waking up. And when he wakes up, then you have to fight him. And it's like you know the boss fight. But in like some of them, like Cthulhu, if Cthulhu wakes up, game over. Everyone's devoured. There's like. Now Lothotep wakes up. It's like if you have if you don't have at least one clue point, you're you you die. But if you have clue points, then you can survive and fight him. But um, lovely Cthulhu is like fuck you. You I win. <laughs> well, we love Cthulhu. Yeah, Cthulhu is awesome. So anyway, um, it's a very hard board game, but yes. it's very fun. And Mansion Madness. We only played one scenario, the air, uh, but it was great. And it was fun. We lost the 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 bad evil one in that one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, the the finally the investigator names are all great. There's like a hobo named Ashcan P. Then there's an investigator named Joe Diamond, and uh, yeah, nice. Yeah, there's a lot of badass names in that. McLarge, huge. Yeah. Well, no, these are like badass, like legit PC. Like I'm going to use those names as NPCs in a game somewhere. So nice. Anyway, so um, let's see. You, we saw a movie recently. You wanted to mention that? Yeah. Um, I'm sure many of you have seen it, but we watched Your Highness. Yeah. It is much fun. Though I do feel I need to start up the Minotaur Anti-Defamation League <laughs> to uh, protest cruelty to Minotaurs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's basically a fan- fantasy stoner com- it's, comedy. It's, it's D&D with stoners. Yeah, with Pineapple Express, Cheech and Chong movies with fantasy tropes. So, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of swearing. <laughs> yeah. Sex and nudity and sex, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. And uh, horrible man-children with cauldrons. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty great. Um, let's see here. I uh, have been playing a video game recently that's been very go fun. on. Yes, uh, lead and gold. It, I got does it, it on... involve zombies? No, it's I know. Wild... I, I I can't believe it. I know, right? But um, games exist for Ross that don't include zombies. Yeah, it's a Wild West multiplayer third person shooter, so a little like Red Dead Redemption. Uh, I got it on sale on Steam for two fifty. You can get it for like ten bucks. And you just pick one of four classes and you go out and you shoot other people. And it's just very simple to get into, very fun, and uh, great controls, and very easy to learn. So like a Western Team Fortress 2. Nice. So um, great graphics, and it's, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I've put like, you know, some hours into it. Super duper. Yeah. You can shoot off their hats, too. There are hats. So if you're a Team Fortress 2 player, there are hats involved. Well, yeah. So <laughs> that's the important thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, let's I see. have a game. Yeah. Uh, once again, my thing for older games, not quite as old as the la- last one. I flight sim I did. Yeah. But this one is Jane's Combat Flight Simulator. 
Yeah. I believe this came out in the late 80s, in the late 90s. Uh, so it's actually a CD game. And it's basically a combat flight sim that it has different campaigns. Might be Abandonware by now. Might be. But I still have the original CDs. Right. And uh, what I love is mainly is the mission. You can set up your own missions. Right. And uh, you can make them as, yeah, it could be like, okay, I'm going to be flying over Iraq or this country, and there's going to be, I want maximum anti AAA and maximum SAM sites. So, and, oh, and I'll be flying in with my one F 22 Raptor. I want to be facing 15 MiG 29s. You really like the flight simulator. I really, I love flight sims, but what I love about this one is you can fly any aircraft they have in the game, which includes Air Force One. Or you can actually fly, be flying, I, I, okay, I want to be flying a MiG 29 facing 15 Air Force Ones. I, I set that up a few times. Nice. And you can't fly helicopters, but you can have them as, as uh, enemies shooting at you. Do you like any recent flight sims? I tried Hawks, you know, uh, the Haw- Hawks 2. Uh-huh. I I can't st- I don't like it. Okay. Because it's it's a little it's almost incomprehensible. Too and and you, you yeah, and you can get killed by an enemy that's 150 miles away. Right. And at one point you're just flying around like are doing pretty good, pff, suddenly you just explode. And you don't know why. Ah. And what's more is I I like being able to make my own missions. Ah. That was the most fun part. You know, you could do you can make them, you know, totally just insane, like mm-hmm. I, I do. Right. Or you can really set up kind of a complex, just like, all right, take off from here, make the waypoint here, bomb this airfield before these aircraft take off. Otherwise, I'll be flying into a MiG soup. I gotcha. I gotcha. So, uh, listeners out there, if you're a big Flight Sim fan, maybe you can recommend something for Tom to try out. Something a little less on the yeah. uh, realistic uh, com- complexity curve, a little more on the fun side. Yeah, like, uh, I think my my original... My, Favorite sci-fi flight sim is still TIE Fighter. Mm-hmm. Love that game. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Um, and they're challenging as shit, too. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I suck at flight simulators. Any, 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 any one is too hard for me. So. <laughs> or did that jumping guy, did the rot get handled? For, I like shooting people on foot. Not natural. Man wasn't meant to fly. <laughs> <laughs> well, man wasn't meant to shoot guns, either. Yeah, he was. No, he wasn't. Uh, the Saint of Killer would disagree with you. Ooh, yeah. yeah, preacher. See what I did there? Yeah, yeah, Nothing. I got you there. Um, yeah, I, I, I just like that genre. Um, so uh, I have an, one more. Uh, I've, let's see here. Uh, let's. Oh, uh, speaking of games, there's the Humble Bundle. Um, it's a uh, Frozen Byte is doing a software like charity re- fundraising event where you can get money. Basically, you pay whatever you want for four uh, for five video games. Um, trying. Uh, Shatterground, Shatterground Survivor, and then two Jack Claw, which is like a demo that they don't or they haven't. They're still working on it, so you get to like the beta. And then one called Splort, and uh, which is still in advance. I haven't tried that one. I've tried. I just tried out Trying, which is a lot like the Lost Vikings, mm-hmm. uh, where you have three little fantasy characters and a platformer, and they each have different abilities. Right, and you switch between them to solve puzzles and stuff, um, and fight enemies. So um, there's like a knight, a thief, and a wizard. So the trine's fun. Shadowgrounds is like an alien swarm, top down, shoot lots of aliens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's fun too, and it's got multiplayer, which I haven't tried out yet because I just got it. Uh, but you can pay whatever you want for this. So you can be a total cheap bastard and pay a penny for them, or you can be like a boss, be a man, be a man and pay like two thousand dollars, like Notch did, the guy who did Minecraft. He he 
put in 2000. Well, he's, he's a top got, he's, contributor. Well, he's got 2000 bucks to contribute. Yeah, no, he's 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 doing pretty well. He's doing pretty well. So, uh, but you can specify whatever you want. The average yeah. contribution is like I've 10 heard or 12 bucks. I've seen people play Minecraft. Yeah. I hear that's the game. You're like, yeah, I'll try this out. 12 hours later, you're, you have a skull fortress. Yeah, I've heard some pretty uh, nasty well, things there's, about... there's, a, there's a guy that made the entire Starship Enterprise, yeah, complete no. with the interior. Somebody defaced the Wikipedia article for it and called it the Autism Simulator, <laughs> <laughs> which is horrible, and I apologize. I didn't mean that. I'm just telling you. But we're laughing about it, so again, we are monsters. So yes. uh, Minecraft... But you're, you're laughing, But seriously, too. if you play Minecraft too much, you're like, whoa. You know. That should be called Asperger's. <laughs> well, we don't want to do that. That that's horrible, Tom. That, that, oh, sorry, we, sorry, monsters. Yeah. Um. So, uh, and then finally, I think, um, uh, well, two more things because I just I'm just full of them. Uh, one is a movie I just saw called uh, Tenebrae. It's an Italian horror film, 1982. Uh, Argento directed. Uh, Dario Dario Argento. Dario Argento. Uh, I've seen both of the demons movies. Yes, so have I. I have the posters in my office, which is what Tom is looking at right now. But I've seen both of them. Yes. Um, One's better. One is better. Um, but, yeah, because it has a katana. Uh, so that's why it's better. But uh, Tenebrae pin- is a psychological thriller. It's a giallo, uh, which is, you know, there's a black glove serial killer going around killing people. And he's being inspired by this horror novelist work, his latest novel, which is called Tenebrae. And the horror novelist is in Rome trying to help the police solve this crime because the killer keeps sending him notes saying, ah, I killed these people. Ah. And it's got, you know, it's kind of a whodunit kind mm-hmm. of thing. So it's a mystery, but there's also some really interesting gore. Now, the thing about Tenebrae, which kind of ruined it for me, well, not ruined it for me, but. Oh, yes, this. Um, it's got an electronic synthesized soundtrack from Goblin. Goblin, of course, did The Dawn of the Dead, 1978, mm-hmm. tracking a lot about that other, that very distinct late 70s, early 80s, heavily synth. style of music that's very um now there's an electronic duo of djs called justice they're french they're very they're pretty popular they came out with an album called cross 2007 that was very popular one of the songs on there is phantom phantom samples the main uh track of tenebrae the tenebrae is a heavy heavily Mm -hmm. synthesized very electronic very very pop kind of uh, soundtrack and there's a very distinctive sound for this the title track that phantom basically just rips off and then you know adds some beats to yeah. it and that's basically it and so like every time they're playing they're like oh the killer is stalking the woman i'm like you're playing fucking justice like, ah. son of a bitch yes yeah, so, <laughs> uh, they're totally it broke justice. the immersion yeah. didn't it it did break the immersion but it's still a great movie and the ending's really great um because there's stylistically some very interesting choices there's like one scene where he kills two women in a house about midway through the movie and the camera's just following them through the house sweeping in and up from downstairs to upstairs and it's Mm -hmm. just kind of this very flowing very elegant kind of thing so um nice yeah so uh that's out on dvd so go ahead and get that it's just great um and finally um marble hornets is on DVD. Now, I don't know if you guys know this, you know, there's Marble Hornets, the it, crazy web series uh, slash alternate reality game of people of uh, that's based on Slender Man, you know, that I've done my own Slender Man games. And Marble Hornets is, um, let me just read what the back of the DVD says. Um, 
2006, a student filmmaker named Alex Crayley began acting peculiar. Soon after, he abandoned his film Marble Hornets and disappeared altogether. After three years and no contact with Alex, one of his close friends began to look through the raw footage tapes of Marble Hornets. If he found anything unusual, he uploaded it as an entry onto YouTube. Between June 20... 2009 and April 18th, 2010, a total of 26 entries were uploaded. These are these entries. And it is, I mean, what do you, I mean, I, I've seen all of, I've yeah. seen them all. So they're, I, it's very trippy. Yeah, it's very trippy, very freaky, very David Lynch. Roger Ebert praised these. I mean, this is like really where filmmaking's going. I think this is really very low res, very kind of creepy. And there's no gore, really. It's all like, what did you see or what do you think is going like, on? What the hell was that? Yeah. Did I really just see that out of the corner of my eye? Yeah. And um, it works really well. And the DVD is out. It's fourteen ninety five. It's eleven ninety five with $3 shipping in the U.S. And, but you uh, have to wait till the for the next run of it? They're already doing another one. Okay. They sold out in the first day. The print round of 1000 So I, I was lucky to get one of them. Um, so I would highly, highly recommend this. Um, just I haven't even listened to it. It has commentary, has outtakes, has all kinds of stuff. I haven't even watched it yet. And I'm like, oh my god, uh, oh my precious, oh god, yes. Uh, let me rub it all over. This cheese dating shit. <laughs> <laughs> you will forever be Blobbert Smith. Ross. Yes, I will be. Oh, uh, finally, actually, I'm glad you remember that. I almost totally forgot. Uh, AB3 has a blog. He actually started posting it on our forums. So if you're a fan of our AB3 radio plays, uh, please post it on our forums. Say hi to him. and uh, Be I'll kind to AB3. He's like awesome. Him. Yes, we like him, and we like his work. And um, God so, bless you, sir. Yes, you are. Uh, you uh, prince among men. You played horrible games and wrote funny stories about them so we didn't have to and we could laugh at your pain in a good way we meant that in a good way not in a I, apl- I salute you sir yes you're you're more gamer than I, no i don't know <laughs> i don't know I, i'm not sure what to say but like, anyways you were um, like you were complimentary a, it's meant to be complimentary you were in a diabetic coma it was glorious <laughs> <laughs> yeah there you go but before we go, of course, uh, we need to do our anecdote. And, yes. of course, what better than uh, Tom's latest game to do with an anecdote? Yeah, so d- why don't you tell us, All Tom? right. Well, Divine Fire Part 3 actually plays into many of the things we discussed today. Let me just clarify that it's a two-part game. And the first part, I, of course, made a lot of mistakes. One, started too, I started too early. So there's a whole lot of it started too early, not in like real life, but in where the game was set. So like in terms of like what the characters were doing and where you placed our characters. So anyway. Yeah, and uh, the fir- yeah, first session I didn't have much prepared, and I was kind of tired. So it's I think well, they, what, where did you set our characters? Just for the listeners at home, uh, where should you have set them? I should have started them right. Well, where did you set them? I set, I started them at the at a VFW post where they like they're all, all the players were uh like retired you know well retired veterans of uh, mainly Iraq and desert mm-hmm. and Afghanistan and uh one a friend of theirs from their group went missing while researching a uh, new a, a book called you know Divine Fire the true story of Hitler's quest, search for the atomic bomb right and it started at the VFW post where uh. So you know, it's like that's when the uh, the first federal Fed guy tr- comes there, trying to asking them if they they had any knowledge to his whereabouts. Now that's where I started, and there was a whole bunch of stuff bef- you know, that then happened afterwards that, l- looking back, was totally not necessary. I should have started them when they when they actually got you know got the clue to go to the uh, subway, 
that he was visiting a homeless friend of his from Vietnam who now lives who lives underground. Right. And and apparently was the one who told him the real story. Right. And they were essentially going down into the sewers, which, you know, when you go down into the the underground under a city and call it Cthulhu, there's really only a few things that they can be encountered. Right. And essentially it's leading down to the underground ghoul colony. Right. That's where I should have started it. And also another, I was trying, I, I thought I was making a mystery. In reality, I was kind of making an action oriented scenario. Right. Which I only realized at this, you know, towards the end of the first part. Right. So, I mean, that's that. I think the first session's a little meandering. No, it's very linear. Yeah, well, very linear. (laughs) So, the second session, uh, pretty much just, all right. Well, everyone was was in one of those goofy moods to begin with. Yeah, no, Caleb was gone. Caleb didn't show up. So, you killed his character right off the bat. Well, you know, like, this game's, I'm not going to, this isn't going to go on again. So, no, he died from his wounds. From, yeah. the, from what happened at the end of the first one. And then I just like, all right, we're going. We are going through this. We are going to get to every freaking location. And I am just going to start throwing shit at you. Yeah. And it went a lot. I think the second session, to me, went a lot better. Right. But we were also carjacking people, stealing cars. <laughs> yes. Uh, blowing up, setting things on fire, um, shooting rogue government assassins. I don't know if they're rogue or not, but uh, going down into underground up insurance offices to try and yeah. freak, trick them into not believing their car was stolen, which in fact it had yeah. been stolen. Which firing really... bullets at your fellow teammates? Yeah, no, I killed two of the players, which you is did. Nice. Uh, Aaron turned into a monster, and I got the final shot on him. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, Dad... I mean, you can listen to it when you post, but I do have to say, Aaron got eaten by himself. Yeah, I'm not going to explain how that happens, but. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, good times. Good yeah, it, times. So the we'll, thing we'll, is, I, I'll post that sooner or later. Yeah, I didn't like it, but everyone said they had fun both times. So second game was more fun, but he did go a little way with the Lady Gaga. So not quite. Not not not. Well, the thing is, actually, well, it went Lady Gaga properly. That it didn't start that way. Yeah, but that's how it ended up. Yeah, a little bit. That was, I think, the problem. Yeah, you're right. That was a problem with Lady Gaga too. Yeah, is I started at the crazy. Right. Yeah, you should have tried to run a straight adventure, and then we would, of course, been horrible monsters about it. So mm-hmm. that's what we do. But still, I mean, I guess it's I consider it not not a very good thing I I did. Yeah, but I still it's still in my head a success because everyone said, "Yeah, it was great, had fun." Yeah, and to me that I well, all right then. Yeah, that's 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 what that's it comes down to. Yeah, as you said, better no gaming than bad gaming. Exactly, um, and good gaming beats all. So. Fucking a. It's a natural twenty in life, or something. I, that, yeah, didn't work at all. No, did it didn't. It. All right. Well, this has been Roleplaying Public Radio, episode fifty-six. But uh, the railroading's on time, which is, yes. really is not. You know, which is, us. you know, all Mussolini really did. Yeah, he is a railroading GM. And he was overthrown by his own people. He sucks. Yeah, no, his campaign sucked. <laughs> yeah, it did. See, Hitler's campaign was a little depressing. Yeah, a little too grim dark. For a little my too taste. grim dark. Yeah, he was he was running. Uh, and then one session of Maid he ran was just creepy as hell. Yeah, but yeah, he was he was running a Dark Sun game. Yeah, was, but uh, it could have been worse. I mean, Patton was a total min maxer. I mean, oh yeah, God, just a munchkin. Eisenhower was pretty even though. Yeah, he that was a good campaign. So like, MacArthur just did give a fuck. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he gave no fucks. Uh, no fucks yeah. were given that day. Yes. All right, so we'll see you guys next time.